When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. This is Matt Ligetti, your favorite comic book yeti. Did you know that if enough people listen to this podcast, advertisers give us money? Money we can then use to, say, pay our journalists. It's wild. Totally unrelated, we make this podcast using Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Even Grant can do it, and he's a grandpa when it comes to technology. Love you, Grant. Let me fill you in on what some of us in the industry call reasons to believe. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more, and they make it super easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor's totally free, which is great when you're, say, a comic book journalism website who lives on donations and boyish charm. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. And hey, I love you. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, and welcome to this uh, cursed edition of Into the Comics Cave. Uh, it's me, Grant, and I just want to say that our guest today has been very patient with me through a myriad of things, <laughs> such as unruly children, uh, urinating dogs, and faulty recording equipment. But and I got locked out of the house, so... And Joe was... <laughs> I, I said his name before I introduced him, but he was locked Sorry. out of the house. Uh, he's overcoming COVID. We are... We are barely hanging on. <laughs> I'm very, very excited to to welcome to the show uh, your favorite of mine, Joe Hunter of Beast Strikers fame. Hello, Joe. How are you? Doing great. 
<laughs> overcoming a horrible disease that has swept the nation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but Joe, despite over overcoming all these obstacles that both God and man has put uh, between us, we begin this show by me asking you simply, where'd you grow up? Where did I grow up? Let's see here. I was born in Toledo, uh, moved out to the middle of nowhere when I was 13. <laughs> was the middle of nowhere also in Ohio? Yeah. Um, so the closest town is this place called Bucyrus that was famous for two things. One was a bratwurst festival, and two was <gasps> being the place where Al Capone caught syphilis. No. Yeah. Oh, that is the best. Is there, is there like <laughs> a specific place that denotes the fact? Uh, I don't exactly remember what the whole deal was, but like <laughs> he caught syphilis there. Oh, fuck. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> and, and, oh, and Toledo, as we know, is close to uh, the much better state of Michigan. Have you ever felt envious of people from Michigan? Oh, very much. <laughs> what about I'm right about to tumble down a what do you hate about Ohio thing but I don't want to I don't want to put that on you that burden on you <laughs> oh god if you did that we'd be here all night um <laughs> when did you start getting into art because you have a very distinctive style and I'm wondering like where the beginning of that was well I would sit and watch like uh Batman 66 over at my grandmother's house and then I'd go to Catholic school and get in trouble for like drawing Batman in the margins on my spelling tests and so I just kind of always have done it I guess. <laughs> was it the like the the visual aesthetics of the Batman 66 because there's so much vibrant colors and like over the top costume design and stuff. Yeah. Was, like what about that kind of drew you in? Honestly I think it was mostly the colors um like I don't know. I was like maybe four and it's just like <laughs> colors. Uh, <laughs> but I remember like I watched that and then like, I think um, the 89 movie premiered on, I want to say CBS while I was in preschool. Oh, wow. And I was sitting watching it like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, that's such a huge gear change, especially yeah, for like a it's like kid. Dark, there's no Robin. and The only color in the whole movie was, was Yeah. <laughs> The only color in the movie was Jack Nicholson's suit. Yeah, and Prince music, which became a whole thing for me later. But you know, um. <laughs> and when did was that the beginning of comic books for you too? Was uh, Batman? Yeah, I kind of always just had comic books around. Like I remember having the um, issue just after where Bane had uh, broken Batman's back and chucked him off a building, and his like yeah. was sticking out, and that was interesting at age five um yeah that is you picked like the weirdest time to become a batman fan <laughs> going immediate yeah. film, like, <laughs> 66 89 broken batman and then there's the whole death of superman thing i had this like i think it's like the issue where everything was sort of getting resolved with the death of superman storyline and the reign of the superman and like uh oh yeah i don't know i think superman had a oversized gun for some reason yes. was there and Oh that yeah, that's a that's a hell of a time to start getting into comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you find yourself just kind of like developing as an artist? Were you encouraged as a kid? Mm, not really. 
I don't know. I think my parents would probably be happier if I was doing something useful, but um, yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm wondering what just your artistic sensibilities, like how they developed. Because you said um, you you doodled in school. Did you take art classes or anything? I uh, took like elementary school art classes. Didn't get into like any high school art classes until like my senior year of high school because, oh God, this is the whole thing. Um, so I went to a very, very tiny high school. There was like maybe 46 in our graduating class. Oh, I can't believe I beat you. I had 63. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, like, because of the way the schedules worked out and not having very many students, like there's only certain times that you could take art classes. And like up until my senior year, the only time I could take an art class was offered during the time that I was also stuck in band because I was the only person who could carry the sousaphone. Oh my gosh. I was not allowed to quit band ever. I'd not sign up for it and I'd get my class schedule for the next year and I'd be signed up for it. That's so messed up. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> So you finally got into an art class, though, senior year. Yeah, finally. And, like, what do you what you end up working on there? Was it just, like, the whole gamut of stuff from, like, paints to clays to charcoal and stuff like that? I don't even think it was that. It was mostly, like, really sad arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> How were you able to overcome that, though? Basically just a lot of working on my own and mostly self-taught, um... Aside from, like, anatomy classes in college and stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I at least feel like I'm, like, way behind everyone else. And I don't know. <laughs> I think that's safe to say that everyone feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> and where'd you go to, to college? I uh, went to one year of college at the Columbus College of Art and Design. Um, my dad lost his job, so I really couldn't afford to keep going there. Yeah. And ended up at a crappy little for-profit, like, school well i'm when did you start doing did you do you do traditional or digital i think you do digital correct uh yeah now i started traditional and digital's just more i guess conducive to the way i do stuff that no that makes sense that was the dumbest sense that's ever come out of my mouth i'm sorry <laughs> right, we got we got like an, another 20 minutes <laughs> when did you make the switch from traditional to digital oh god um like 2010 ish maybe and what prompted that not having room for a scanner anymore mostly <laughs> <laughs> did you have the like the the giant scanners what kind of paper were you using um it was like the uh i mean it was just like 11 by 17 paper but it was just like this is a huge pain in the ass. I have to go in and correct stuff and it'd be easier to just like draw it directly into whatever program. And mm -hmm. that's what I ended up doing. What was that learning curve like? Big. It was big. <laughs> well, describe it. Like you're going from being able to physically manipulate the the paper then and the art supplies that you're using. Then you just go to like a screen. Like it's still, I, I still don't understand very much of digital art. I got like a little, Huyan thing, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense to me either, and I'm still here somehow, so. <laughs> like, how much repetition did you have to do? A lot. <laughs> Working for hours and hours and hours and hours and coloring stuff for other people and drawing my own stuff, and 
it was a lot of work. <laughs> Did you gravitate more towards the coloring or the line art? I don't know. I feel a lot more confident coloring other people's stuff than I do like doing my stuff, I guess. Um, so kind of coloring mostly. Do you still do coloring? Oh, yeah. I mean, I color my stuff because I don't really think other people should have to deal with my crappy line art. (laughs) (laughs) Because your palettes are always looking really good. Again, it it kind of calls back to, like, the bright vibrancy of Batman 66. Do you prefer to color? Because I don't don't understand. I really like your art in the the Beast Striker stuff I've seen. And I'm wondering, like, do you want to keep doing lines, or do you want to keep or regret or like take on more coloring gigs? You know, I don't know. I really, I don't know. I'm kind of weird because, like, kind of how to explain this. Sorry. Um, I like creating and designing things. It's just that, like, I'm always nervous about like my sequential stuff, mm-hmm. how it looks. I guess. Um, it's kind of stressful, but like, it's a job, so. I guess jobs are stressful. Oh, God, my cats are fighting. Um, <laughs> it's not a euphemism either. Wow. Jesus. Um, <laughs> when did you first try sequential stuff? First period or, like, first in, like, sort of earnest? Uh, in earnest. Actually, no, let's go, <laughs> let's go both. Uh, the first comic I ever made was this horrible glitter paint, ab- like, abomination when I was six called Fifi. Um I think it was about a dog, but Fifi kept changing what kind of animal they were from page to page. I did it with my cousin. It was a mess, but I was six, so, you know. And what about Nernest? Like, when did you sit down and think, I'm I'm going to make a goddamn comic right now? Well, I'd been doing, like, daily journal comics on Live Journal along with everyone and their gay Aunt Susan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like... I don't know. The first sort of mini comic that I ever did was this little dumb thing called Ships and Dips. It was like about the person that builds airships in Japanese RPGs. Okay. Um, yeah, that was sort of like the first thing that I ever story that I guess I put together. Was that based on like a game you were playing? Mm, no, it was just sort of generic setting. But and did you play any any RPGs at any point? Oh yeah. Okay. Final Fantasy the. Oh god, Grandia series. Um I don't know. I had a lot more times for video games back then. <laughs> oh dude, yeah. What was the first game that just grabbed you narratively? Honestly, the first game that I ever like felt something playing was uh Breath of the Wild, the recent Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I cried during the ending and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> How many hours did you put into that? Because that's that's not a short game. How many hours did you put in? I don't know. I think it was like 150 hours or something. Oh, God. Yeah, that's got to be... There's a lot of fucking around time in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your first, like, commissioned artwork? Do you remember? Oh, God, this is horrible. Um, Somebody, when I was in art college, wanted a picture of Sailor Moon covered in glue. Air quotes. Um, oh, my. Yeah. So that was $40 in like an hour of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> Dude, you made 40 bucks in an hour. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should start doing more sailor glue. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm curious, when when did you and Lance start working together? Uh, Lance Pitts, who's the, the writer of Beast Heart Strikers. Uh, we started working together 
2018, maybe? Is that right? God, I don't know. It feels like forever in a right. good way. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Pre-pandemic normalcy. Yeah, that. <laughs> like, how'd you guys cross paths? Um, I don't know. I'd drawn something, posted it to Twitter, and then he was in my DMs like, hey, we should work together. And I was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> I feel like as an artist, that must be something that, that everyone has to get used to. Because, yeah, right, like, like I, I need a piece of this. Attention to me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, like, how did that collaboration, uh, like, start to take shape? Uh, we just were, like, talking about stuff that we liked, and it was sort of ended up talking about uh, Tokusatsu, which is, like, the Japanese sort of special effecty superhero shows for small children and like Cayman Rider and stuff? Strikers kind of came out of that. Sorry, what? Oh, I said like uh, Cayman Rider and stuff like that? Common Rider, uh, Super Sentai, which Power Rangers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And how far back do you go with that stuff? I don't know. I was watching Power Rangers like every morning when I was five, so that far? <laughs> <laughs> was that when they first burst onto the scene? Uh, in America, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. got to college and found it. Oh, hey, there's this whole Japanese thing. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> right, right. God, I'm lame. I don't know if you noticed, but you're on a, a nerd podcast where we talk about comics. <laughs> so I, I don't think that's quite as lame it's as... It's not what really you... disproving my point either, so... <laughs> and when you're working, do you need, a, do you need any accompanying... Like music or anything? Oh yeah. Like what's what's your playlist generally? Uh, a lot of mid two thousands pop punk, um, future funk, show tunes. If nothing else, I'll have YouTube running in the background. Um, I'll stop you right there and say, list me those pop punk, please. <laughs> oh God, let me open Spotify here. Um, a lot of Motion excited. City soundtrack. You're right, sure right. Favorite. My Chemical Romance, because of course, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the Regrets, uh, Paramore. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's nothing like special, but like you know, it's what I listen to. I guess. I think a lot of people don't understand like how emotionally captivating early aughts pop punk was. Yeah. Like it was big and bombastic and the lyrics still were so they're able to connect to people who are young and like in their mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that second motion city soundtrack album, there's like lyrics about like, uh, depression and drug abuse. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you're fucking 15. <laughs> you're 15. These lyrics are so sad, but these beats are so up. <laughs> And Joe, I got a question for you. Okay. Oh, God. When you think about an Ouroboros, like, do you think it's fucked up that other things could be Ouroboros if they tried hard enough? You can do anything if you set your mind to it. It's not that fucked up. (laughs) Do you think that you could start with your feet and start eating? I'm not that flexible. I've tried. (laughs) But do you think the concept in and of itself is kind of weird? Maybe a little. Because <laughs> that just reminds me that there's a subreddit for everything. So somewhere, there's like an Ouroboros subreddit. I'm just like things consuming themselves. 
I don't know. If I could eat my own ass, I'd never leave the house. I feel like that's true for a lot of different things. <laughs> like, if if we could suck our own dicks, we would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think that that's a form of Ouroboros? If you can do that? Absolutely. <laughs> God, now I'm just thinking about that one episode of Nip Tuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Which season of Nip Tuck? Yeah, it's season 5, episode 19. And what are some comics that inspire you? Like, what's your go-to list? God, I always get asked this, and I just look completely fucking blank. <laughs> I think probably, like, the most influential sort of comic on me was the um, Nintendo Power Zelda comic from, like, the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had any experience with that, I guess? Uh, I, I tried to get Nintendo Power when I could find it at the drugstore. But a subscription was out of the question from my from my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like have copies of that now? Oh yeah, there's a really nice like newer collected edition from Viz, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. But anyway, that uh, comic had been done by Chitaro Ishinomori, who had also created like Common Rider and Super Sentai, and so that it's like a Speaking of Ouroboros, I guess. <laughs> Is that a genre that you'd be comfortable working in for, like, ever? I mean, there's other stuff that I'd want to do, but yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, just for my own vicarious nature, what what did it feel like learning that you guys were going to be in Radiant Black issues? <laughs> um, I think my first words to land upon hearing this were, now pull the other one. <laughs> I don't know. It's been like really. I can't believe this is happening. I mean, it was like super minor, but it's still like this is happening. I guess. Um, like, I don't think saying something like being in an Im- issue in multiple issues of Image Comics, comics are, are like a minor thing. Well, I mean, comparatively, I guess, but like, <laughs> it's still nice. Do I sound like an insane person yet, or? Oh no, 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 no! I just asked you about your take on Ouroboros, so let's let's not judge people for sanity. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, it's about that time where I'm going to ask you some questions. Oh no! These are five questions we ask every guest. So number one, uh, and I'm curious about this because you are an artist. What are your favorite sequential art sound effects? Oh, fuck. Um, I have a um, question for once you answer. I like a good floosh. Is that like F-W-O-O-S-H? Oh, ad nauseum S-H, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just makes me happy. <laughs> and my sub-question is, do you prefer to put in big sound effects like that, or do you want to leave that to the letterer? It depends on how the sound effect is getting used, I guess. Like, mostly... I'll leave it to the letterer, but sometimes I'll just want to be, like, fancy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. I always wanted to make, like, a sound effect into, like, the panel borders, I guess. Yes! Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, Kari <laughs> Andrews and, like, Will Eisner do that shit. And number two, I'm gonna say, what about sequential art do you love? I don't know, I guess the making things is satisfying. Like having completed the, the project? Yeah, that. The feeling of accomplishment is nice. I don't know, I just like being able to tell or help tell stories, I guess, and it feels nice to accomplish that. 
And what is it? What is one thing about sequential art on the other side of the coin that you dislike? Well, it's probably two things. Um, the isolation and having to explain artistic choices, because I don't know how to talk about that stuff very well, as you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense, especially in regards to, like, I imagine being an artist, you are based, you are tied to a tablet or whatever, just pounding away at it. Yeah. Have you, have you made, a, like, a decision to at least try and go into cons or anything like that, if cons happen? anymore uh i mean yeah i enjoy going to cons but it's sort of like i have friends but conventions are really the only time that i ever see them and it's just Mm -hmm. it gets kind of depressing i guess yeah i think a lot of people can kind of echo those sentiments right now especially over the last two years oh god yeah and what is your favorite curse word that is not a curse word favorite curse word that is not a curse word and I feel like that's an actually like a tough question to ask people who are very yeah because I just curse um yeah could we conceivably count horse balls oh no that's great oh cool because each word in and of itself is technically <laughs> not bad yeah <laughs> what is a good scenario to use horse balls just as a general expletive. Oh, horse balls. <laughs> and Joseph, I got some bad news for you. You went to a convention uh, in Ohio, so already this scenario is cursed. Um, <laughs> and you were run over by a common rider uh, motorcycle driven by a crazed fan. So now you're dead. Oh, thank God. <laughs> is that the way, is that the way you wanted to go? So now that I you're mean, dead. just yelling would be nice. Um, <clears throat> sorry, continue. <laughs> So you go to what we conceive of heaven, and a short, surly, Jewish, grumpy man walks up to you, and it's Jacob Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby. What do you hope he says to you? God, they'll just let anyone in here, won't they? (laughs) Does he or does he not have a cigar? Of course he has a cigar, Jesus. (laughs) Well, Joe, thank you so much for putting up with me. Um, well, thank you for putting up with me. Oh, no. It was great. And also, where can folks find you on the socials? Oh, God. Um, I'm on Twitter at Joe underscore Hunter. Um, you can find the comic that I do with Land Pitts, Beast Heart Strikers, with, at, um, on Twitter at Beast Strikers. Um, I'm on Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter. Um, also on TikTok is the same thing for some reason. Uh, I think that's it. And if folks wanted to give you money, where could they do that? Well, I have a threadless store. Um, you can find Base Art Strikers on Comixology, or you could just slide in my DMs and PayPal me money. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff.
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now